Feel Strong Fitness Podcast. My name is Justin McClintock, and this week we're talking to Ben Albert. Ben is a podcast host and marketer, and he made a pivotal career shift into marketing in the midst of COVID-19. He shares some key marketing communication insights, delving into finding your deep values and infusing them into everything you talk about, finding a niche, building a brand. If you are a small business owner, if you are a coach, even if you are a coach who works for someone else and doesn't consider yourself a business owner, I think you're going to find this really useful, especially the communication and branding talk. We're talking buy-in today with Ben Alpert on the Feel Strong Podcast. Ben Albert, welcome to the Feel Strong Podcast. Justin, I'm excited to be here, man. Don't know where we're going to go with this conversation, and that is part of the fun. Blessed to be here. I'm excited to have you here, and thank you for being so game for this conversation, especially where you weren't really sure where I was going to go with it. Dude, that's, again, part of the fun. I'm an open book. I am in the weeds trying to figure some of this stuff out myself, so I'm just looking for a dialogue with you, man. There's two things that I thought would be really interesting to talk about, and maybe we can cover both of them. One of them is that you are where you are now because of a pretty significant change. You you pivoted really hard during COVID, which I think will resonate with a lot of people. And I know a lot of fitness people, including myself, who this is their second career. They were doing something else, and for all kinds of reasons, they changed, they got burnt out, they got spit out, whatever happened. They either weren't happy or it wasn't working and now they're doing something else. But I thought we would start with kind of marketing communication, which I know is a specialty of yours, right? Yes, sir. And I thought we would talk about, especially for coaches and small business owners out there, I run into, especially in fitness, a lot of people who are really bad at talking about what it is they do, and they want to help everybody where, you know, we empower human beings, that kind mm -hmm. of work. When someone comes to you, and you believe that they're good at what they do, and they say, I need some help telling the world what I do. How do you dig into that? How do you help someone communicate or maybe even discover what it is they do? Sure, man. And I'll put you on the spot just so you know, if I was put on the spot six months ago, I wouldn't know what to say. But let me just ask you this. If you could name two to three values, do you know at the core what your deepest values are? Do you know, Justin? I would say empathy, efficacy, and communication. Empathy, efficacy, and communication. Yeah. And you don't have to go through all this right now, but if you look back into your life, especially like ages like 9 to 13 when you had mentors and, and everything was happening around you and you're just figuring stuff out, do you feel like you started developing those values at that time? 100%. And, and the most, other side of it, like I really value empathy and efficacy because I really hate bullies and having my time wasted. I think it goes both ways. Mm, it, and there, there's something, a uh, incredible speaker, way better than me, Rene Rodriguez taught me this. He calls them lighthouse stories and foghorn stories. And a lighthouse story is that mentor, that hero's journey, that shining light that showed you the way and it showed you empathy and efficacy and it. They were outgoing and charismatic and taught you how to communicate. And oftentimes more compelling is the other end of that. They're both incredibly compelling. You need to do what's in your own personal truth. The foghorn story is coming from a place of lack. 
So to give you a really simple example, I was obsessed with basketball my entire childhood, had a jersey for every single day of the week, never washed them. I'm pretty sure my mom took care of that for me, but you couldn't. Vince Carter, Michael Jordan, Reggie Miller, Scottie Pippen, you couldn't take it off my body, but I was quite literally the shortest kid in school. So I had a great skill set. I played eight hours a day, but as everyone continued to get growth spurts and got taller... I stayed the same height. Now, guess what happens when you're young and you're small playing sports? You get pushed around, you get beat up, you get bullied. And I didn't realize at the time, but I realized today that a growth mindset and always kind of having that chip on my shoulder and always trying to level up. So growth, quite literally coming from a place of lack of being so small, but a growth and connection slash even just a sense of belonging are deep values of mine because I know what it feels like to be small and disconnected. So I tell this story as just like a little nugget of who I am because I believe that anybody in fitness in this world, if you can tell your story and who you are, you give other people permission to tell their story about who they are and you attract people that are going to be great clients and great people to work with. And you repel people that for one reason or another just don't resonate with what you have to say. Maybe they were that bully and they still are. So the reason we're talking about values here is a really easy way to do it is just to Google search list of values. This doesn't have to be complicated. I don't have to send you to some landing page where I get your email or it doesn't have to cost money. It's really freaking easy. You just Google search list of values, start crossing out the ones that just you, you're going to like a lot of them, but cross out the ones that just, you know, aren't the best fit. Start highlighting the ones that really stand out to you. Then you'll have a list of highlighted ones. We want to land at two to three at maximum five. Um, and looking at childhood's a great way because if you look at your storylines from childhood through today, you know, for me, growth mindset connection, I started a podcast because I wanted to connect with brilliant people and build my business. So I utilized the podcast to connect with people that were smarter than me. And some of them became clients, but I just love that connection and growth. Those values are going to continue throughout your life. So once you have two, three, five, that's your ammunition. Now you're going to, you could be a personal trainer. You could be a chiropractor. You could be a massage therapist. You could be a coach and you don't want to just be one dimensional in everything you talk about. But when you talk about what you do and why you do it and who you serve, you can infuse those top three values into everything you talk about. The reason I became a personal trainer is because when I was eight years old, my father told me I'd never amount to anything. And I spent my life making sure no one felt that way because a lot of people are struggling with their health and they deserve more. I just made this up based on an experience. It's again, based on who you are, talking about who you are and how you can serve giving people permission to be who they are around you, attracting those proper clients, repelling the wrong ones. And it doesn't have to be through some icky sales tactic. 
this, I don't even know, some of your listeners might be just turning me off, but really I'm talking about the power of vulnerability in aligning your truth with why you serve. Put that out as your content, put that in your messaging, live up to the standards that you provide in your promises. And you'll create a tribe, an army of people that not only will they receive results with you because they want to, they become your top cheerleaders as well because they're part of your tribe. Does that make 100%. sense? 100%. Yeah, I love that. And it sounds like that values exercise is something that's very important. We have absolutely done it. And I found that I try and go back to it on a somewhat regular basis mm. and check in because these things are malleable. What, what really mattered to you 20 years ago may or may not matter to you now. And it's worth you know, figuring out what that is. And then you can start figuring out who you're talking to. And ideally, most of the time it works best if these things that are so important to you are also so important to these people. Because then you don't have to play a character or make things up. You can just be, as you just said, be vulnerable. We talk all the time about the importance of transparency and honesty, especially around something as emotional as fitness like if you can it's so easy if you just have to tell the truth because then you don't have to remember what you said 27 podcast episodes or whatever it was mm -hmm. just be a little transparent be a little vulnerable show people that you're also a human being as well as a genius technician who knows all this cool stuff about exercise science and that's how they'll connect with you people aren't buying like sets and reps and movements they're really buying trust and there's only so many ways to earn trust and being honest with people is a really good way to do it. Dude, I, I, a random example came to my mind. So you're a genius technician. You know everything about exercise science. This is, I'm making this up. Again, be authentic or steal this if it was true. When I was a kid, I loved playing with Legos. I swear I played with Legos every single day of my life. And what's beautiful about what I get to do as an exercise genius is every piece fits a specific way. It's a puzzle and you don't need to know, you know, the entire forest. You might be in the trees, but I have the ability to piece it together. And it's something I'm really passionate about piecing together exactly what the right fit could be for you and your body. That was half baked, but the concept is you're, you take, I played with Legos. Now I'm an exercise scientist and you don't have to like Legos or science, but I'm the person that can help you get to where you need to go because of my passion for the mechanics of what I do. I think that's a great example, actually, because it's, we often say that giving your best stuff away for free is a great thing for people to do. And I try and get coaches to do it all the time by which I mean, make amazing content and put it out on podcasts and do interviews with people and just tell people how you would solve their problem because the truth is the magic isn't in which exercise you're doing or how many reps you're doing or the magic is in the implementation. It's the whole picture. Mm -hmm. It's how did we even decide what to do? How do we arrange the schedule? How are we planning your recovery? There's a lot of moving pieces in it and that's, that's where the magic and sort of the smart stuff happens. I'm happy to tell people all day long, if you were a client of mine with this problem, this is exactly what I would do. I already know mm. what the plan is. And you know, if it showed A, we would do A. If it showed B, we would do B. And I'll just talk about that all day long because that's not that's not where the value is, and that's not where sort of the my special realm of genius is, as it were. Oh, it makes sense. It's smart to have a playbook. You have a playbook, but the beauty about a good playbook, especially if you've played in, you know, different levels on multiple teams 
is you can take aspects from every single playbook and you can audible based on what's necessary, but you need to have that playbook to be successful with the capacity to audible to a new play if you've got a unique circumstance. Which is the beauty of individualization and making something that just fits one person perfectly, mm -hmm. as opposed to trying to write a big template program, which kind of fits a million people, kind of a little bit. Now, looking at that, when people are, are writing their values and being transparent and maybe offering some some real stories about who they are, especially younger coaches are going to be nervous that they're closing off vast segments of the population to not work with them anymore. Like if I talk about how what I really care about is getting people out of pain and teaching people how to do their first push up, then Olympic athletes are never going to work with me. Now, the reality mm -hmm. is they're not going to work with them anyway, but there's a real concern that uh, if people niche down too small, that suddenly they're going to have no one at all. And especially early on in careers, this is a concern I hear a lot from people. What do you think about that? Yeah, I. you can correct me or the listener could correct me. I'm not a 100% genius on this specifically, but I would assume that some of the limiting beliefs that's stopping someone from making that first push-up might be common in what's stopping someone from going from really good to the best in the world. They have imposter syndrome. They have a mental block. They don't think they're worthy. There's something that's blocking them from making the first step. A lot of people spend five years just to make a one hour step. There's blockages. So I'm willing to be corrected. I think it would be circumstantial, but I think there's a lot of elite performers that could be the best and could be better, but there's a mindset issue and it might be a similar mindset issue as someone who's not even getting started. It's just playing out and it's embodying in a different form. So if you're great at getting someone from nothing to something, can that skill set take someone from elite to even better? I'm actually kind of posing that rhetorically because the answer might not be no, might be no. And if it's no, you do want a niche because you want to be the best at what you do. You can't be everything for everyone, but there is a high probability that your skill set can help both those people. What are your thoughts on that? I'm kind of just posing it as a question. I think the mindset is an excellent point because that's absolutely true. And people will often look at you know super elite performers and kind of assume that either they can just do that or, well, that person works harder than me or has a magic program. And there's a ton of mental work that goes into being that person. And more often than not, that person also feels like they're struggling and also feels like they're not making the strides they could and they should have been better and they should have done this. And why can't they, you know, this situation keeps presenting itself and I keep stumbling at this last block. Why does this keep happening? And I think that does scale kind of up and down versus the like very beginner fitness to super elite, super specific fitness. But if two people walk in a gym and one person has never done a push up and is a little nervous and doesn't know why they can't do a push up, and another person is looking just to take another tenth of a second off mm -hmm. their 40 yard dash, it's very unlikely both of those people will feel welcome in the same place. One of them is going to turn around and say, this isn't right. This isn't the right place for me. I got to get out of here. So there's also an element of kind of marketing to the people that you want to show up, even if you could mm -hmm. help all of those people. If you talk to everybody, you're actually talking to nobody. 
So there's an element of, of being at least a little bit specific, even if you're like, I, well, I could help everyone. I really think I can help everyone. Well, you probably can't, but no, I know you could help lots level. of people. Who do you want to help? Like, what do you want to do? Not just like, I think someone walking through the door should not be enough for you to take their credit card. Ideally, they're a good fit for the kind of work you do and the kind of person you want to work with. 100%. I got a great example. And honestly, trigger warning, but this is facts. Planet Fitness. Do you know Planet Fitness? Well. Planet Fitness shames you for being in too good shape. The the marketing ploy is that it's about inclusion, but I think lunk or lark or whatever they call it. If yeah, you're strong, if you're strong, and here's the thing, like you don't even have to be super beefy. At some point, let's say you're trying to do one more, one more rep, one more set, one more. You're going to drop your weights because you're literally taking your muscle to the point where you have to. But that's shamed in that environment. And it's very much like a purpley pink, like Planet Fitness is doing this on purpose. They don't want the super athletic CrossFit people in their gym. They want it to be a safe space for people that are just getting started. Or this is kind of where the trigger warning comes into. It's a lot of it's fad exercisers and fad dieters. You go to Planet Fitness, it's cheap, it's easy, it's inclusive, and that works for them. And I don't know if they would say that publicly, but if you were to have like a dark room off the record conversation with their team, their marketing team, guarantee it's intentional. Well, because talking- the CrossFit guy and the person who's never been in a push-up, you just said it, they don't want to work out together. Yeah, and it's made to make one of them feel relatively uncomfortable and the truth of the business model. And this is going away with some of the kind of big box globo gyms. But I heard the other day, a friend of mine who knows more about this than I do. I think he said the average planet fitness has about 21,000 members. Now it's a big room, but it's not that big. So it is very much built on the vast majority of those people never showing up or showing up very irregularly because it's the only way it works. Like, of course, at whatever $5 or $8 a month, like it sounds laughable. So people don't mind keeping it on the credit card because it's $5. I don't really care. But there's also no incentive to use it. So it's very much like a forgotten subscription. And that's what it's built to do. (laughs) If everybody shows up at the same day, it's like you're at a Phillies game or something. It would be a disaster and, and a disaster. everything would fold and crumble and they would have to, you know, spike the prices and actually have, you know, more trainers kicking around and all of that stuff. But that's that is absolutely not what the business model is built on. Stand For out. small business owners and let's say like single person business owners, I have a fair amount of like coach slash entrepreneurs. They're wearing every single hat in their business. If someone if one of them came to you and said, I, I need help marketing my business, I don't. I don't even know where to start. Assuming they could get through the door and you were agreed to work with them, where do you start with someone who feels like they don't have a lot of time to market their stuff? Yeah, well, the beauty is um, I've got nothing to sell. Anybody listening right now in this regard, I don't work. I don't work as a consultant, so I don't charge people for advice or usually, where's my phone? I, I don't work with someone of that size because for what we do, it's more for, you know, more established businesses. 
for someone who's just getting started, they're a one person show, they're they're maybe doing it part time, start with your phone. And you'd actually be wasting money to hire someone unless they're super good and you have the money for it. You kind of be wasting money to have someone try to do it for you because really what you need to do is build a personal brand and no human outside of yourself can properly develop your personal brand because you pick up the phone, you go live on Instagram, you make a TikTok video, you start a podcast. If you don't want to start a podcast, you can just go live on Instagram with somebody and interview them. Go live on LinkedIn, interview them. Sure, like there's a million ways you could do it. If you don't like getting on camera, one thing that I love to do is transcribe conversations. I do this for a lot of my corporate clients. We we have like a closed doors discovery call, but maybe you sit down with a friend, you know, Justin and I sit down. One of us does all the the talking, the other one does all the question asking. We talk about why, we talk about who we serve, we talk about what we're doing and why we're doing it and how we help. And then we take that and then we toss it into an AI transcriber, transcribe the conversation. Then when you're looking for content to post, you actually use a transcription in your own words and you can regurgitate things that you didn't even, sometimes when you talk, things come out that you didn't even realize you knew. So that's another way to do it. But at the end of the day, you got to pick up your phone, you got to pick up your laptop and Start creating a personal brand because I'll, I'll sidestep for a moment and use a drastic example. Let's say you're an accountant for a massive firm and you don't do any networking. You don't have to leave the office. It's your job to make sure the numbers are right. But the moment a loved one is sick, the moment you're aligned with a charity, the moment you need something, if you have a personal brand, People are going to jump up and be ready to support you in anything you do. So whether you're fit in the fitness industry trying to build it for you know more clients or sales at your gym or just building it for fun on the side, you can't go wrong if people know, like, and trust you because when there's an ask, you're not a pushy salesperson. You've actually delivered value and you've earned the right to get that yes. I love that. Sometimes we we talk about it as building trust on purpose, like setting out and your job isn't to sell people stuff, isn't to tell them about the cool ebook you have, but build trust. And for if people are worried about getting on camera, that's okay. I think it is really important as someone who used to despise being on camera, the more you do it, the easier it gets. And then it becomes very simple and kind of fast. That's you know, I am very much in the posted, not perfect family. Mm-hmm. Like I would like, I'll put something up like, Oh, that would, yeah, I, I could have done seven more takes and gotten it a little better. Uh, but it's done and done is way better than me sitting in a room for another 40 minutes, like perseverating as to mm-hmm. whether this Instagram story is going to be the right thing. And I encourage, especially like newer people or very small business folks, like just start putting it out there. What, like, no matter what you put out there a year from now, you're going to look back on it and be like, "Ugh, why did I do it that way? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter. Like do it, do the best of your job, like make it look as good as you know how use what tools you have at your disposal. Don't spend all day researching and buying new stuff and loading up on new gear, like get started. And then it will become apparent the stuff that you really need. Like, oh, actually, you know, I'm doing a lot of recording and talking to people. I should probably have a microphone that sounds slightly better than a laptop mic. That's because I'm doing this so much that that's a reasonable upgrade and I'll find yeah. one that works. 
instead of being frozen in place because you couldn't possibly do a three camera YouTube shoot right now. So why get started? Yeah, really simple tool again that I didn't realize I, I don't really use my phone much because I'm always on my laptop, but it's super great tool. You just get a Bluetooth lavalier mic so you can attach that to your shirt and you don't have to have a headset with mic or anything and you can talk right into your phone with the mic on your shirt and be in your natural environment and sound good. But you don't realize that until you screw up. Yeah, until Part the first what, time you record a video from 50 feet away from your phone and realize it, you talk it for four work. minutes and no one can hear it. it exactly. And it, well, the beauty about conversations like this and your show, Justin, is people don't need to make the same mistakes that you, me, or any of your guests have made in the past. We can actually turn years into, you know, at very least weeks or months, but even minutes or hours if... Again, just get a get a lavalier mic for your phone. Skip the screw up part. You know, skip that part. One thing you mentioned how um it doesn't get or it gets easier as you practice. I want to flip that on its head because I think you'd like it and anybody who's passionate about fitness, I think will understand this. I don't think it gets any easier. I think you get better. So it doesn't get easier, you get better. So simple analogy, if you're benching 125 pounds, let's go light because I'm not that strong. So we're benching 125 pounds. That weight doesn't change. It only gets easier because you get better. So as you get on video, as you work with more clients, as you hone your craft, none of the tasks got easier pragmatically but you got more efficient and confident in completing them, but you can't do, you can't get to benching 300 unless you go through 125. 100%. And that, that adaptation, which especially strength coaches are very used to talking about, you know, we mm. stress you and challenge you and we don't break you, but you know, it should be hard and doing hard things is how you teach your body to adapt and how you get stronger, better, more resilient, more durable, all of those things and it's exactly the same for any of this stuff for people who hate public speaking or hate being on mm. camera or hate writing or just hate hang out on social media and i understand but if this is what you want to do then it's part of your job now and you can keep it 100 business and 100 professional but doing it will get you better at it and get you more efficient at it and get you more comfortable at it so it will not feel quite so icky as before including like having lovely conversations like this like if anyone like go back and listen to episode two of this podcast and it's uh it's all this so yeah it's just a million filler words and a million hesitations and pauses and weird things filling in because i hadn't done it at all but it's still up there and i'm never going to take it down because i think it's as useful as anything else totally you know what i love about this conversation justin i'm in decent shape i'm not elite I'm not, I'm in the marketing industry with like medium. I work with an esthetician. I work with a real estate agent, but what we're talking about here is actually universal truths. And that's why it applies to growing an esthetician's business and growing a physical therapist business because they're universal truths that even if you were to leave the industry and do something else, Having a personal brand, always leveling up, not even thinking of, they're not soft skills, they're essential skills. Honing those skills 
are going to make you better at your job no matter what you do. And call it fortunate, unfortunate. Results do matter, but people emotionally want to attach to the fact that you can give them those results. And the more confident and convicted in what you do and how you can help, the easier it is that for them to make a decision that you're the right person, the easier it is you can actually get them the results they deserve, but you can't get them the results unless you can get them to buy in and they're not going to buy in if they don't buy into you. And this goes in anything we do in life. I completely agree. Like no one will ever buy anything if they don't trust you, the person talking to them. They also need to trust the business. Mm-hmm. And if that's also you, then great. You can potentially check two boxes with you know in one fell swoop. But if you don't have that, it doesn't matter how good or how shiny or how beautiful the thing is, you are never going to get them on your side. Or if you do, it will be so brief and they will never be bought in. And if they're not bought in, it's not going to work. And then everything falls apart. And, and they're not even going to call you if they don't know who you are. so that goes back to what we were just saying they need to know who you are as well and unfortunately if you're very small they won't know who you are until you you start you know creating a presence online you can do it the traditional way with referrals and truly helping people and shaking hands and delivering results but especially if you have virtual clients especially if you're trying to scale quickly you really do need to utilize some of this technology that's kicking ass. And I think a lot of people like the Alex Hormoses of the world prove that this stuff works. Yeah, for sure. Gym launches, it's whole a whole other beast <laughs> unto itself. Let's not get into Alex Hormoses. He's like a prophet. He's, he's remarkable. He's very good at exactly what he does. There's, mm-hmm. there's no denying it. I thought we might pivot to your career change, how you ended up here from where you were. Because I know there's a lot of people in fitness who used to do something else. There's also a lot of people in a career that they don't love right now who are looking at coaching, fitness, physical therapy, and wanting to make that jump, but they're absolutely terrified. Could you talk a little bit about what this pivot was like for you? Yeah, I got lucky. It feels easy peasy, um, but I'm 31 and I just started to figure some of this stuff out. If someone could figure this out at 21 or even better, 15, that's way better than waiting till you're in your 30s. But I, I won't go into my entire backstory, but the growth mindset, a love of curiosity, being an introverted, quiet kid, really always trying to learn and level up and never feeling good enough. And honestly, at one point in my life, because of all these limiting beliefs, I was not only physically small, but I would make myself smaller. I'd hide from confrontation. I didn't see myself as smart. I didn't have a single entrepreneur on my wall. I didn't think I'd be a business owner or a marketer. I didn't know what marketing was until like middle of college even. Like I I didn't plan on going into marketing. I fell into marketing on accident when I was basically, I was let go from a role because it was a whole shabam. I got hired at a new job. I quit my current job. And then the new job forgot about an internal candidate and then said, we can't onboard you. So then I had no business and I'm like, I need money. Sales make money. So then I got a sales role and it was a sales role for a marketing firm, but I barely knew what marketing was. But what I did know is stuff that I was doing on the side just by accident. I was huge into music in high school and college. 
and I was throwing parties and handing out flyers and wearing the t-shirts and selling the merchandise. So I was doing marketing and sales, whether I knew it or not, just in that promotional element. But I was good at that because of my love of curiosity, my love of growth, my love of connecting, my love, all these things that I developed at a young age. So I ended up in the marketing industry on accident, really. I didn't go to school. It was it was caught, not taught to me. I learned by being in the weeds, right? So when I was furloughed, I really, I didn't know where to go. I, my only skill set that was quickly monetizable was in my knowledge of marketing. I kind of skipped over this COVID hit. I was selling video production all across the United States. There wasn't any travel. There wasn't any in-person video. There wasn't any sales. I got furloughed. No animosity at all. There wasn't a room for me. Why would you pay a commission sales rep? And like, it's it doesn't make any sense. So I started my business, and really all I did, guys, is skill stack all these things. I was a curious kid, so I started a podcast. I loved learning, and I knew that the podcast would connect me with like-minded people that were levels up in front of me. But because I was good at marketing and I had a platform, I could get time with people that charge a lot of money for it because I was able to scale their conversation with the podcast. I was building relationships with people, and then the marketing company basically came about from building goodwill and relationships from brilliant people, having marketing chops, having sales chops, and being honest and vulnerable in who I was. So the only reason that any of it worked was it was the perfect time in my life. I had the maturity to take it on, and I had the self-awareness to skill stack. I skill stacked all these experiences. So if you're just getting into fitness, or even tougher, let's say you've been in fitness your whole life and you have an injury, we have a lot of universal skills that we just talked about earlier. Stack those universal skills. You might be driven to succeed. You might be an empathetic person. You might believe in community and team building. You could be a leadership coach, a leadership coach for young adults and build teams and grow their leadership to, to create tomorrow's heroes. Like, again, I just made that up. But you take your skills that you've been developing your whole life, you go through a career, career transition, you go through a pandemic, you go through an injury, all those skills, in some cases, it might not be your athleticism if you do have an injury, but all those internal skills are a part of you and it prepares you for that next change. So if you can learn what those skills are, what you value in your place, feel like you could work in almost any industry and kick people's ass because you're in alignment with who you are. And if you're not kicking ass, maybe you're in the wrong role. And I'm not trying to be all great resignation, quit your job. I think a lot of people quit early. But if you genuinely are kicking ass and you're unappreciated, go kick ass somewhere else. And sometimes it's forced upon us. Sometimes we choose, but they can't take away the skills. I think the biggest expense we have in life is a lack of skills and a lack of knowledge. So if you develop your skills and your knowledge, dude, you can do anything in this world. I love that. And I love the idea of skill stacking. I know at this point, what seems like a surprising number of physical therapists, chiropractors, RNs, PAs, people who are, were in the medical health field, and being most of them being successful and unhappy 
because mm. they realized that they that it wasn't exactly the thing they thought it was. They weren't able to work in the way they wanted to. Maybe they were hampered by insurance or hampered by institutions or whatever. But, you know, they realized they weren't doing exactly the work that they thought they were going to be doing when they were successful. And they look around and say, oh, wait a minute. And exactly that. Like, well, what makes me so good at my job? It is not, you know, it's not just my anatomical knowledge. It is my ability to communicate and to be a team leader and to break down big problems into really small, manageable bites that other people can understand. And once you start doing that, you say, okay, well, does this apply to anything else in the world? Oh, look, it applies to another million jobs. What do I want to do? As opposed to it's, I think it's so easy for people to feel trapped. Even you described at 30, 31 years old, there's lots of 31 year olds out there who are like, well, I guess this is what I have to do for the rest of my life because God's like, I can't do another 10 years. I can't start over. And the good news is you're not really starting over. All of these experiences have created exactly the person that is in front of you that you are. And you can use all of these and leverage them to do something else. You can walk in and be an awesome team leader because you've been you know, telling people what to do. You've been the person more or less in charge, even if you're not officially in charge on your team and been developing those skills for a decade already. 100%. I don't think we even have to talk about anything else. I'm, I'm happy to. I just think you're dropping bombs here, man. It's I couldn't agree more with you, Justin. It's entirely inspired by you. I really appreciate you bringing Thanks, it up. Man. For people who are looking to make a big change in their life, because you said it was lucky, but it also takes, at some point, you have to pull that lever. At some point, you have to make the decision that I'm, I, I'm making that jump. And a lot of people I've talked to in that situation either remember the moment or remember kind of the moment they made the decision that this is actually what I'm going to do. Did you have one of those? It was a series of events, I guess, is a good way to put it for me. I'll be honest with y'all. Like I was, I was furloughed at the end of March, April. I didn't know what my next move was. Like my entire life, go to school, do your best to get good grades. Very traditional family. Get good grades, go to college or university, get good grades. Then everything will be kind of like you're just following the North Star and I finished college and I still didn't have any clue what I wanted to do with my life. I like I I literally was a retail manager and I worked in a pharmacy right out of college. I didn't quite really need my communications degree for that. I mean, it didn't hurt. Um so when COVID hit, it was it was back to that. Like I had worked college and a job or two jobs for my entire existence it felt like. And then I had no jobs. And I was sad, like I was in a bad place. It's funny, it, there's a duality, right? So you have plenty of time and I was doing a lot of self-discovery. Like I was, I love the Adirondacks Mountains. I was going to the Adirondacks Mountains and I was hiking and having a little more time in solitude and doing some of that inner work and getting outside more and being with mother nature. But simultaneously, I was drinking more alcohol and watching more Netflix than I had ever done in my entire life. So it was this duality of doing all these things that are incredible for you and simultaneously doing all the shit that's terrible for you at the exact same time. And one thing that I've learned, do you, do you know Ed Milet? I know the name. So Ed Milet's big leadership space, like almost a billionaire, great guy. He just wrote a book, Power of One More, 
and I'm not bashing it. It's brilliant. It's genius. But the concept is one more rep, one more I love you, one more sales call, one more social media image, one more pat on the back, one more good job. And if you stack one more and you just do one more, it stacks into a huge amount and you become successful just by doing it's and bitsy, just a little bit more than everybody else and everything you do. I agree with that. But I had been un, un, one mooring my entire life. And what I actually had to do, Justin, was subtract. There was no one mooring someone who's over drinking and watching too much Netflix and simultaneously doing self-discovery and journaling and writing a book and all this stuff because I was holding myself back. So I actually had to not just do one more. I quite literally had to do one less. So it's not like I looked in the mirror one day. I did look in the mirror one day and I'm doing my affirmations. I do affirmations. I know it's cheesy for some people, but I'm doing affirmations and I'm looking at my bloodshot eyes and I'm like, who are you? Are you in alignment with who you're telling you? I'm, you're telling yourself, I'm looking myself in the eyes and telling myself an affirmation of who I am. And I'm, I know I'm not that person. I'm lying to myself and anybody that I say that I am that person. So I had to subtract. I didn't just go cold turkey sober, but reduce drinking, reduce Netflix, reduce the things that are holding you back. Hit the gym one more time. Say I love you one more time. Start the business. Reach out to one person. Stop limiting yourself actually get rid of the limiting beliefs and actually start taking action with the stuff you already know. I would argue, Justin, that most people already have enough information. They know everything they need to know to go crush it. They just need to subtract things in their life that are holding them back. It can be drinking. It could be a bad relationship. It could be a family member that you love, but just don't serve your mission at this time. You might have to step away from them. So that's what I did, man. That's a long-winded way of saying it's not like I just flicked a switch. I was in a dark place, but that dark place provided clarity that kicked me in the ass enough to actually get started and do something good. First of all, that's a great story, and thank you for sharing it. Speaking of vulnerability and transparency, that's wonderful. And I think that's going to resonate a lot with people, especially if anyone out there is having significant imposter syndrome or... This happens all the time in the fitness industry, people putting up a facade of I'm this clean, living, perfect, exercising robot, and they're doing other things that they don't want to tell people about it because they feel embarrassed about it. And sometimes those other things, whether it's, it's drinking or other things, can pick up steam because they're hidden and they're not talking about it. And I have seen too many people get run over by a train like that because they're not willing to even certainly not confront it, much less talk about it. Those things actually might actually make what you make you special and cool. Like, let's be real. If you're ripped and in shape and you're winning freaking Ironman and you're drinking cocktails at the weekend, that's going to inspire people that you can live a life of leisure and still stay fit. So to hide that life of leisure is actually being dishonest to the people you could help. I agree. I think... It is incredibly powerful to post your failures as well mm. as your successes and note it. Hey, so I was trying to do something today and this went very poorly. Looks like I have a lot to work on. Mm. Good news, there's always something to work on. Like when I post a video of me messing up on something, it gets vastly more traction <laughs> than the most beautiful, intense, whatever it is. Because people, oh, 
that I, that happened to me once. Or well, what's wrong with that? What don't you like? Well, I, I'm being very picky, but here's what I see. What do you see? Like, how would you talk to me if I didn't know what I was doing? And you can have a real conversation with a person. I'm reading a book. It's called Pink Goldfish. And the acronym, I'm not going to get into the whole acronym, but it's FLOSSOM. And the cons concept is our flaws are what make us awesome. I love that. Every so hashtag FLOSSOM. Hashtag FLOSSOM. I mean, I, I'm a huge proponent of all the best stuff I've learned. I've learned through failure and struggle and making huge mistakes. It's the only reason I'm good at anything. Mm. Uh, ben, this has been a delight. I would like people to come find you everywhere they want. You want them to find you. Where should we direct them? So I think that if you're listening to a leader like Justin, be part of his tribe. If you haven't left a review, you can do it right now while I'm talking. I genuinely mean that. I know this because I'm a big consumer of podcasts. Like 90-something percent of people listen gain value but they don't leave a review they don't screenshot it and share it in their stories they don't reach out to me or justin to say hey i had these three takeaways and just a small review a small screenshot a small dm to maybe justin or me goes a long way it gives us purpose in what we do so i'd encourage people to do that my podcast is Real Business Connections, realbusinessconnections.com. You can type it into Google. It'll come right up. So Real Business Connections. And when you're on the website, there's a tab in the type top right corner that says Balbert Marketing, brought to you by Balbert Marketing. If you're curious about the marketing stuff, click that. And if you're curious about the podcast, Real Business Connections, and you're good to go. That's excellent. And thank you for the uh, the review plug. That is very important. And people, I tried to be really slow to actually yeah. give people time and actually feel like an idiot for not doing so. I appreciate it. People don't. We have a thing at the end saying, if you have any time, please leave a review because it makes a big difference. And people don't realize what a big difference it makes, but it really is yes. giant. As well as reaching out. I have had some of the coolest connections I've ever made are just DMing someone. Hey, I listened to your thing and I really liked it. And I thought this. And so few people do that, that if you actually have some kind of coherent thought about a piece of content someone put out, they'll get excited and they'll listen and they'll probably write back to you. I think that's how we met, right? hundred percent. It's just that simple. It's that, it's that simple. Ben Albert, thank you so much for coming on the Feel Strong podcast. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Justin. Anytime, man. Thank you so much for listening to the Feel Strong Fitness Podcast. Please subscribe if you haven't already. Leave us a five-star rating if you have the time. That makes a big difference. DM us on Instagram at feelstrongfit. Any questions if you just want to pick our brain. If you'd like more info, the website is feelstrong.me. We value effectiveness, individualization, and empathy. If you want to see what it's like to have an expert in the field, really listen and hear what you need to build you the perfect program to get you where you want to go today is the perfect time to get started. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm.